0: Welcome to Mercedes Second Chance Podcast, where we share real life stories about addiction, getting clean, and being given a second chance. Well, this is Mercedes Second Chance Podcast. I'm Mercedes Whitecalf, the host. I have the honor of sitting here with Roy. Um, Roy, why don't you tell us who you are?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on here. We were talking and there's not too many recovery podcasts. So I appreciate you having this platform. Um, yeah, my name is Roy and I'm a grateful recovering addict. Let's start with that, right? That's right. Cause we only get one day and I'm just a, a addict recovering like everyone else. But um, yeah, I'm from Portland and you know, my journey is crazy and you know, now I'm doing some things that I'm proud of working in the community and working with other addicts. But um, yeah none of it would be possible if I didn't find recovery and get my second chance.
0: Right, and you know, that's like the amazing part. Cause I don't know you, I haven't had a personal relationship with you, but I've heard about you. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of men that love you um, that are in recovery and not in recovery, but they definitely believe in you and um, just really feel like you have a lot to offer the world. And you're very talented, I hear. Um, But it wasn't until I heard you speak at Miracles where I was like, wow, this person is doing some work on himself. And when you do work on yourself, like, you're so much more effective, I feel like. Oh, yeah. You oh, yeah. know, in all the lives you touch. And then you're getting engaged. and oh, Or right. you are engaged, right? Yeah. And all those things. You got some good things going on. But um, I really want to hear your story. So.
1: Yeah. Um, thank you for all that. And people speaking that highly of I me, mean, I must be doing something right. you doing something right. Right. But um, I think you said something. You said that there's a lot of people who love me. And I think if we don't have love, then we can't get that second chance and make that change so I just want to give a shout out to that because without the love that I have from the people around me the people in my life then none of this would be possible um like I now said you're not
0: to make me cry well that's, <laughs> that's what that's we the,
1: do you know yeah. what I mean the truth hurts but it, it's also you know it's uh it's it's heartwarming right right and um I think I have that love because I was one of those uh I was a person who had a lot of potential and my addiction took that uh, potential away from me. You know what I mean? And and when I talk about my story, I often, um, when I speak, I I always start with, my first rehab was the Inky Better that I spent the first six months of my life in because both of my parents were heroin addicts. So this disease has been trying to kill me since my first day on earth, right? right? So I come from a long line of addicts. My brother's in recovery. My sister's in recovery. My older brother od in 2012. My mom died in active addiction, right? Mm -hmm. So this disease has really plagued my family. And, um, you know, growing up, what I can say, one of the beauties of it and the irony of it is that I grew up in the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous. For our listeners, you know, we come from the fellowship, you know, Mm -hmm. Narcotics Anonymous. And I grew up in these rooms because um, my parents came into the rooms 1980, the year I was born. So my fondest memories are being in the rooms of recovery and meetings back when they used to smoke. And out here in Portland, they talk about, you know, the Paz Club and the Blue Goose and all these old places. That was my childhood. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I remember being like six, raising my hand in the meeting, like, my name is Roy, can I be an addict? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right. So um, I often say that um, even though I became an addict and I got deep in my addiction, I always knew where I could go when it was time to get help, right?
0: Right. That's yeah. true. That's, yeah. I feel that because I remember, like, I grew up in the, not grew up, grew up, but my mom was a heroin addict as well. She right. got clean when I was like eight or 13, somewhere like on and off. But I remember going to miracles and hearing that serenity prayer. Mm-hmm. And I remember praying it at school for like show and tell and everybody laughing at
1: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that old drug addict prayer. Right. <laughs> I right. didn't know.
1: We didn't know. Yeah. yeah. We just being kids. Right. Know? But we were exposed to it. Right. Right. You're exposed. And I have to know, I have to think now that, um, my addiction maybe could have got a lot worse if I didn't have those tools, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I always give my parents credit for that because growing up, I always heard, like Roy, you know, let go and let God, you know what I mean? Um, fighting with my brother, you know, well, what'd you do? You need to do an inventory list of what you did. You know, what part did you play in that? (laughs) So I really grew up with spirituality, but I grew up in a lot of trauma, right? I watched my mom shoot my brother, you know what I mean? I grew up around a lot of death, Oh wow. Um, you know, gangs were prevalent. You know, and, and drug addiction.
0: Your mom shot your brother.
1: Yeah. Um, my mom was crazy. <laughs> well, the story goes. Well, hurting it,
0: people hurt people.
1: Yeah, exactly, right? Mm-hmm. But but the, the irony of it, and what's crazy about this story is that she was trying to prevent him from going to go do a drive-by. This is a real story. His baby and mom. she shot him? Yes. His baby mom called and was like, Marco's about to go do a drive-by, this and that. My mom pulled up and said, boy, before you go to jail for shooting and killing somebody, I'll kill you. And the gun fell out, and she literally picked it up and shot him, right? And I was right there, you know what I mean? Oh, wow. Five years old, so yeah. you know, even I'm though I'm not
0: all shocked, I don't see people get shot. Yeah, right,
1: right. <laughs> you know, we come from know, that shit. That's that's what it hit, is, right? right. But I mean, that's good. a part of my story. Yeah. And and that trauma. So what I know now is that trauma played a big part in me um, masking my feelings, right? Right. When this my friend get killed at 18 in front of my house, and I blame myself because. He was one of our best friends and he was a star athlete and we were gang members and he had nothing to do with anything but he got shot in front of my house and died you know basically in our arms Mm. so that also played a big part in me masking my feelings and trying to find an escape right and so started off early you know partying it's a progressive disease started off smoking weed just kicking it but early on i think i knew i had an attachment to drugs and a mind altering substance that other people around me didn't have. You know what I mean, I held on to it. And it wasn't because I was an outgoing person, very popular, once again, had a lot of potential, was talented, but internally I had some shit going on and I was able to escape and deal with some of those emotions. I had music too, but it fueled my music and my emotions. So a lot of the songs I make, you hear that shit in it. You know what I mean? And when I listen to it now, because I'm in such a different place in my life, I'm like, wow, I can hear my pain. Yeah. You know, I can hear my pain. I can really hear me crying out for help, you right. know. And it's and it's 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 weird, but it's powerful. You know, that's a part of my story. And so, and and I give credit to, you know, you met you met um I'm going to give a shout out right now to Naiem and Justin. You met them and you know, they're they're providing this platform for us right. right now, right? Mm-hmm. But they're a, an integral part of me changing my life because we worked on music together. And I did a song called Honesty. And they, they seen early on the power of this song. And so they got behind it and, um, you know, we did a video for it. <clears throat> it's a really powerful video, but little did I know that would be the catalyst to me changing my life. Cause when I watched the video and I got a chance to sit back and, and, and be a, a be a, a witness of what I was making, mm-hmm. it really made me want to change my life.
0: So w- wait, what happened? Were you
1: on drugs then? Oh, yeah, I was on drugs. And, but you was making videos. <laughs> I was making videos, yeah. Okay. We actually have a documentary where, yeah, you see some, yeah, you can, I'm fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then you seen it and
0: you was
1: like. Got a chance uh-uh. to see it. And, you know, my desperation got great enough, you know what I mean? And um, I had people who loved me, like you said, you know, and, and, and I seen these people investing in me, and I knew I wasn't worth it at the time, you know what I mean? So I wanted so to make thought, a change. Right. So I thought, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that really helped me make that decision to change my life, you know? But, um.
0: And what did that look like? Like you just, you just like, I'm gonna go to treatment or,
1: you know. Can we talk about this on here? We, yeah, we, we can go there? Let's go there. <laughs> I don't even know if they know this right. So, I was a pill head. Uh, you know, I, my, my, my drug of choice was prescription pills. Okay. And we learned that the, the addiction is, is, is a progressive disease and my world had became so small. I had this apartment, right? Me, me and, and we'll talk about this, me and the woman that I'm with right now, we are in our disease together. And my life had became so small. It was this one bedroom studio, wasn't even a one bedroom, the store to get my alcohol and and, and my, my dealer, right? Mm-hmm. And I started getting sick a lot because this is when they like kind of put the clam down on um, medication, mm-hmm. so it was hard to get pills. And somebody offered me some meth and I tried meth Right, but I didn't like do it like everybody else. I just swallowed it because we were swallowing this and I swallowed it. And I went into a psychosis and I held her hostage for four days. Oh, no. And I was tripping, I literally was tripping. Yeah. I, I mean, I put tape, duct tape around my door, oh, held her hostage, thought people were kind of come you, in. It makes you crazy. Yeah, is like not for black people.
0: Yeah, no, my ex <laughs> he held me hostage.
1: He <laughs> right. told me I was the police. Right. And, right. Yeah. All that, right. I seen right. that. And, um, by the grace of God, I called my dad, just like tripping, like, Dad, I'm going to jail and something's happening. And he, he came and got me and took me to the hospital. And I spent two nights in a manual in the psych ward. The psych
0: ward.
1: That was almost my spiritual awakening. Because mm-hmm. when I was sitting there and I came to and I couldn't, I had people asking me simple questions like my name, who are you? And I'm like, I'm sitting here. I really fucked myself up. I'm just, you know, I had this bravado about myself, this ego, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here almost with shackles on, you know, people looking at me like I'm crazy, but I Mm. took myself there, you know what I mean? And so that was just that moment where I was like, I need help. And so I surrendered. I had tried recovery before, but in that moment I surrendered. I said, you know what? I can't do it no more.
0: What made you surrender? Like what was different about
1: that moment? I recognized because I I don't want to say I was a functioning addict, but
0: I kept it is.
1: Yeah, well, no, I wasn't, but, I had people around me who didn't let me get that bad. I, I, I guess I can say that. So I still kind of try to uphold this image,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and, yeah. and I knew it, it got really bad. And I was hiding for so long about how bad it really was, you know what I mean? And and my brother had died and, and, and I really feared that, you know, that, that I would die if I kept using. And so sitting there in that hospital bed, um, like I said, I got an ego the size of him. I don't know what, right? And then mm-hmm. and, and I have this phosphor bottle. So me sitting there, that was my rock bottom. I'm like, I didn't let myself get so bad to where I'm in a psych ward. First of all, I tried meth, right? Like that was, right. that was Yeah. That That's that why that, black people don't do it. Right, and I'm like, I allowed myself to do that and I was mm-hmm. beating myself up for that. But I did it because I was sick. I couldn't get no pills, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be sick no more. And so just, you know, nuances like that is what I think helped me make that decision
0: okay mm-hmm. and so then what happened after that
1: so what happened after that was um i went to hooper my story has hooper involved hooper detox, hooper detox okay. right that was my third time in there too though so it was, okay told you so yeah you know what i mean i didn't think i was an addict but yeah my third time in hooper um and then my dad pulled some strings with uh with central city concerns and i went to the mentor program
0: oh you did the mentor program. i did
1: the mentor okay. program and what yeah. was
0: that like
1: it was humbling right because i went into like... the mentor program i still had my apartment and I knew I had to stand in this oh, so place. Oh, Also, you one of
0: them people like, I ain't gotta be here. I ain't gotta I be got here. A place.
1: I got a place. I I'm one of those stand, people. I'm one of those people. I came in with from a tent. So I'm right.
0: like, Man. yeah. 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 But so you, so how'd you shed that?
1: Um, by surrendering. You yeah. know, like I said, I really was, I really wanted help. And so thank God for my mentor. Now we're a part of each other's support group. We're stepbrothers, but my mentor, I really leaned on him and I said, you know what? Just tell me what to do and I'll do it.
0: So the mentor program for you, that was like, it's showing you how to stay clean, get clean, stay clean, go to meetings, Mm -hmm. talk about this trauma you got, do your treatment. And then you also get to build friendships with other men, like a brotherhood. Like a brotherhood, yeah. And whatever they told you to do to stay clean, because they were clean, you were willing to do it. I was
1: willing to do it. And the beauty about the mentor program is that it gives you a chance to take that break, right? They tell you what to do. Go to groups, you know, go to to, to, um, acupuncture, do your outpatient, Mm -hmm. but also fellowship. And so because it set up that foundation, if you take advantage of it, you can build a foundation. And I was able to build that foundation. But right off the bat, I believed in my mentor. And what he invested in me, I mean, it, it was powerful. It was a black man, you know what I mean, who 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 I looked up to, who I admired, and he held me accountable. He didn't let me, you know, like I said, me and my woman was in our addiction together. I went to the mentors. She went to the 8 by 8
0: well, that's where I went. They,
1: yeah, right? 8 by 8 yeah, right? And um we couldn't that's see right. each other. Right. You know what I mean? He yeah. wouldn't allow me to go down to the 8 by 8 and, 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 you know, we were together for two years at the time, and we had to let each other do each other's uh recovery. And we were very codependent, and so that was hard. But uh I had to respect that, and, and looking back on it, it was the best thing.
0: Right, because you guys are still together now.
1: Still together to this day. And how many yeah. years has that been? We've been together eight years, going on eight years, yeah. Oh. Been engaged for two.
0: That's yeah. beautiful. Congratulations! Yeah. See, it's wor- it works. It, it works. does. As long as you got a program, it
1: can work. It can work, and as you know, a lot of people counted us out. Yeah. Even my mentor, they were like, "No, nah, you know." And so when we celebrate our our, our milestones, because um, my clean daddy is four twenty seven seventeen. Hers is uh May first. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Excuse me. Five one. Five one. Seventeen. Okay. Five one seventeen, and so we always celebrate together. And a wow. part of our story is people were like, "We didn't think you guys would make it," and we still we still hold tight to this day. But we allowed each other to do each other's recovery. Right, 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 and we had to do that. And it wasn't easy. Right. But uh, if I can give any suggestions for people, you know, they say two people in treatment trying to have a relationship is like two dead batteries trying to jumpstart a car. Right. We driving right now, but (laughs) I would say take the suggestions and maybe stay away from a relationship for a year.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. They used to tell us that like two wet noodles can't help each other stand. Right. Two snowflakes start a blizzard Mm -hmm. kind of thing because I came in with somebody too. Oh, you did? Yeah, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. It's it's a good thing. It's a good thing. thing. It's a good thing. Right, right. But we learn. Right.
1: learn and it's a part of the process
0: but i see why they say take that year i don't think nobody ever does it but they say take a year
1: take a year you know just give yourself but i think the beauty of that is that if you at least try it's you're surrendering right you know and you hear you know women come in with a lot you guys come in with a lot more wreckage that we cause right Mm -hmm. so i think it's really important for women Mm -hmm. to take that break you know guys we can be dogs and we can we can we can you know try to be predatory in, in a sense but women i think um it's really important when they take that break
0: yeah mm-hmm. definitely true mm-hmm. so you got into the mentor program mm-hmm. you were doing that life was changing how was life changing for you
1: well one like i said it was very it was very much a humbling experience you know having to be at the states downtown around, you know, what you what it's like downtown, you know? They say if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. You're around all anything you want, you can get right when you walk outside. Mm-hmm. You're around the homeless, the mental health, right? So I think um, being able to to humble myself um, was big for me because then I opened up my, my, my mind for new ideas, you know what I mean? And it took away that attitude of indifference that we talk about. I stopped thinking I was better there. I stopped thinking that I had something that, you know, other people didn't have. And I started seeing myself for what I was. And that was somebody who was asking for help. An addict, you know, who, you know, who wanted to never use again. Right. Mm -hmm. And so once I start surrendering and I start working, um, you know, basically following the rules, um, I start really, really connecting with some men. And when I'm talking about men, I'm not just saying people in recovery, clean time doesn't equal recovery.
0: What kind of men are these?
1: These are men that I think, one, that are in relationships because I know I want to stay with mine. These are men in relationship. These are men with clean time. And these are men of integrity. And men who put God first. And that's a right. big part of it. Right. That's a big part. The spiritual side. Yeah. That's you what's what so I mean? attractive to me. Like, yeah.
0: cause I was like some women like, I don't want a man in recovery, but I absolutely do. Like I right. want somebody to share this with. Mm-hmm. And when you see a man in recovery, get that vulnerable and that yeah. honest and be like, I'm here cause you know, cause of God and yeah. they're real clear about it. And then do all these things like something about that is like, it's amazing.
1: It is. So it I is. I get that. And and it was amazing to me. You, yeah. you just said the word to see men get vulnerable. And, and to see men that I know that came from the same shit that I come from get vulnerable like that right. and talk about some things that are not easy to talk about was powerful and profound to me, right? Because then right. I felt comfortable. And then I knew I was in a place to where people wanted to see me thrive. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and that was big for me, you right. know? Yeah. That understanding. And so once I start connecting with these men, and I always, I always get props. So we do a Wednesday step study. And yeah. that step study, we get deep yeah it's a man's group when we get to talk about some shit, relationships you know politics everything in recovery and that stuff has helped me stay clean for the five years that i've been clean you know what i mean really yeah
0: you, and you've been doing it the whole time
1: the whole time i started on every my, wednesday, every wednesday okay. yeah and my sponsor's been doing that for 28 years every wow. wednesday that man's group mm-hmm. okay yeah so that's the stuff i think we need in recovery is one um repetition 'Cause mm-hmm. we know the insanity of the addiction you never know what's gonna happen day to day. Chaos, right? Right. Yeah. And so to get you know, to get that uh that structure was big for me as well. Right. That yeah. routine. That routine. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like that still. I use the same routine. Like I get up, I pray, mm-hmm. I read some, drink my coffee, do my makeup, my little thing, that's my meditation. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking to God, but I don't miss it. And when I do miss it, it throws everything off.
1: And see what happened is that I got a chance to talk about some of that shit that I went through and I realized that I was really, really still hurting, right, the depth of my brother. I looked up to him, you know, and my brother was the um, the one in the family. He had lots of money. Everybody looked up to him, you know, um, and they were more worried about me and my other brother. But come to find out, you know, he had some demons he was dealing with. And when he OD'd, it fucked me up, and I hadn't dealt with it, you know what I mean? And to be able to cry with other men and to teach me how to go back and deal with some of that trauma, because I didn't know how to, right? Because right. all I know is familiar pain. I just know it hurts. I don't want it to hurt no more, so I pick up and use. So these guys gave me some tools, and it started about talking about it. And I was mad. I was mad at God. You know what I mean? I was mad at my brother, and I was afraid to talk about that shit and, and afraid, you know, because when people die, we forget shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I forget that we were not on good terms when he died, but I had to go back and remember those moments and then ask for forgiveness from him and me. To really mm-hmm. get over that trauma. So that wow. therapeutic shit that, that I learned from these men, I use today. And, and and we get a chance to do that in recovery. You know what I mean? Because in order to go forward, we have to go back and clean up some of that wreckage. Right. You right. know. And so um without shit like that, I wouldn't be here today. I know that. You know? Because um life doesn't stop. Now I just have some tools to deal with it. And it doesn't it doesn't include using, you know.
0: Right. That's yeah. what it is about. It's about the tools. I feel like that, like a recovery. Life is still happening, mm-hmm. you know. Ain't really nothing changed except my perspective. Now I got some tools to to hit the mark with. Yeah. And yeah. So you were you were in the mentor program. You got your men's group. You got your men, you got your sponsor. Mm-hmm. And then what happened?
1: So for me, um, I got a job, right? I got a job. Became
0: employable. Okay. Came
1: employable, but it was it was strange because there was somebody in recovery who said, um, you used to be a gang member, right? There's this position in open up or a gang outreach worker I think you'd be good for. He had applied for it and didn't get it. And, you know, I'm still in treatment. And it was like, man, it's like it's a bunch of money. And, you know what I mean? And so he mm-hmm. gave he gave me the opportunity to apply for it. Right. And why I said that's so important because all that trauma, all that wreckage, All that pain I went through became my asset to start Mm. working with people, right? Right. So God put me in a position to take all that that I was learning, and I had to apply it. But not only did I apply it, but I was on the front line. So the job was a gang outreach worker. And it's all throughout the city. You're going to all the hot spots. We're showing up to the crime scenes. And so what happened during this process is I started to shine. I was like, man, I'm good at this because of the respect I Because you
0: speak a language, they, they speak.
1: Right, I'm a credible messenger is what they call it now. And it's just our recovery language, the therapeutic value of one addict help another. Same thing with gang members, people who come from this. And so I started seeing that I can be impactful. And I don't know how it happened, but I just started rising up the ranks, right? And people start seeing something in me and they start giving me opportunities. And um, so I was the first one to start this program called Healing, Healing Hurt People. And we go inside the hospital,
0: healing hurt people,
1: healing hurt people,
0: healing hurt people. Okay.
1: And so we go to the hospitals anytime a person of color is shot, Uh but we go behind the walls, and I'm at the ED bed with them, doing outreach, right? And they're shot. And they're shot. Yeah. I'm working with doctors, chaplains, charge nurses, Mm -hmm. and and we're there because we're from the community, Mm -hmm. and we show up within a four hour window, right? Because that's the evidence based best practice, because that's when a person. It's most, most yeah, most, most likely to make some changes, right? They
0: have that moment of clarity.
1: Man. And so I'm mm-hmm. there and I'm, and I'm seeing this hardened gang members cry when I walk in mm-hmm. and it was like almost another spiritual awakening. Like this is my calling. And I started off just me doing it as a volunteer, getting paid as an outreach worker, but doing that. Cause I'm on call. T- well at the time I'm on call 24 seven, mm-hmm. I may work all day and get a call at three o'clock in the morning. I got to show up mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I end up taking that program. I'm the director of it now, and it's a million-dollar program. I oversee 24 employees. Yeah, millions of dollars and, and, and about 13 grants from the state, the city, and other organizations throughout the, throughout the county. Wow. Yeah, and so, you know, Lost Dreams is awoken, and miracles happens in, in recovery. Right. And so um, I never seen this trajectory in my life. I never thought I would be here. And the powerful thing about it is initially it was through the mayor's office. So I went from a dope fiend, an addict, to sitting in the office with the mayor, having meetings with U.S. attorneys, and they would say, "Roy, you're the most important, most important person in the room because of my perspective, that
0: lived experience, that lived right. experience."
1: Mm-hmm. To now, now I'm the director of this program, and it's my program, That's you know. Crazy. And so, never would have thought I'd be here.
0: So I got a question. So like. When we're kids, we dream, because you, you do music, you dream like, okay, I'm going to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. This is gonna My life's going to be like this. I'm going to have money. I'm going to have prestige, you know, stuff like that. And I, I was like that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it shift when you were like, okay, I'm no longer going to do that at this moment, because we still don't know, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I'm going to do recovery and I'm going to lead it in this way. When did it become okay for you to do that, like to yourself, like give yourself permission, like I'm cool with this new life I got?
1: Can I be completely honest? Yeah. I don't know if that's okay yet. Yeah. I'm still working on that because I battle, you know what I mean? Because music was such a big part of my life and it seemed me and I was really good at it. I, I mean, I'm really good at it, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it kind of, it's peculiar to me that my life has found passion in my work that I got from music. But I know it's still inside of me and I know there's power in music. So I know God has something in store for me the next chapter of that. I'm just waiting for him to tap in. You yeah.
0: Know?
1: And, and you know, um, so I don't know if I made it okay yet. But what I can say is that I'm, I'm getting so much fulfillment from my work. I know I'm doing God's work to where I think I would be okay if I made that decision. You know, I think I'd be okay. Yeah. -hmm.
0: And you know, and, and like you said, it's, it's not over yet. We don't know what's Mm -hmm. in store for you. Like this could be in addition to, you know what I mean? Like there's no limit. And it makes me think about like, my own stuff, I remember thinking like, I'll never get a new car again because I got my car repossessed and stuff. I mm-hmm. was like, it'll never happen for me. And I had to let it go because that was just my lot in life for doing drugs, right? Yeah, yeah. And then God told me walk into the, the dealership and get a brand new car mm-hmm. with a 445 credit score. And I was like, it's not happening. And when I left, I had a brand new car. Yeah. And I remember I cried like a baby because I was like, you mean I can do it? Yeah. You mean I could have it? And when you get that feeling like, God, I can do it? You know, like you can do it, you can have it. I don't know what it's gonna look like. You yeah, know, I never thought I'd be here.
1: Well, sponsors and, and my support group, we talk about the evidence, right? Evidence. That's the right. evidence that this shit is more. Power, there's a power greater than us, right? Always like, working. I couldn't hold down a job. I'm a homeowner, and how that happened, right? Me and my me and my woman, we were living in an apartment, and we we loved to walk. We would walk our dogs, and we were walking around. It was a beautiful day. We loved to go on our walks, right? Mm-hmm and so we're walking out and we when we walk we look at houses like oh yeah that'd be a nice house to have and you know you know and i was like i'm gonna get us a house i just had that set in my mind but then i linked on my guys so my support group the men own homes and i was like well check this out i'm working on my credit and you know i mean how does this work i had no idea how buying a house works right didn't understand any of it down payment escrow none of that Tax none, of, none of that. Right. Property tax, none of that. And they were like, "Yeah, man." And they walked me through it, and they even they even gave me some plugs. Like, "Hey, reach out to this person." Shit. During the pandemic, two weeks later, I was putting a down payment on a house. You know what I mean? So, wow. what what can happen in these rooms is crazy, right? right?
0: Yeah. Lost dreams
1: awaken. Lost dreams awaken. Miracles. More will be revealed. Right. You know.
0: Yeah, miracles really do happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So now I'm thinking. Okay. So you're, you're somewhat okay with, you know, where your life is, Mm -hmm. but you're open, you know, Mm -hmm. you haven't given up and that's, and that's good. I think sometimes we got to hold God accountable. Like God, what about this? You know, like this is in my heart. Take it away. If, if this ain't what I'm supposed to do. Right. But, but if I am, show me, show me what I do next kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So like when you have those moments of doubt or you're just like unsure, Mm -hmm. how do you stay in that and like move forward?
1: God, I'm praying for only the knowledge of your will for me and the power to carry it out. Whether that's good or bad, for some reason that prayer is still with me from the beginning of my recovery. Wait, say it again. God, I'm praying only for the knowledge of your will for me and the power to carry that out. Whatever that is, good, bad, indifference. I'm praying to you for your will and give me the power to carry whatever your will is out. Right? Right. So I ask God, I say that prayer every night. That's my prayer, right? And so whatever he sees fit for me, not only am I asking for your will, but I'm asking you to give me the power to accept it. My Mm -hmm. brother getting cancer, right? The day I signed on my house, my brother was diagnosed with cancer. The same day? Same day. Same day. my brother had just celebrated, I think, two years in recovery. Or no, a year, 18 months in recovery. Mm Because he had came along after me. Mm Mm-hmm. And he called me the day I signed, they came over, you know, cause when you buy a house, they, they send a notary over, you gotta, you know what I mean? And all this. And, and he called and was like, you know, that pain I've been feeling in my side, they say it's cancer, but here's the kicker. It's, it's not just cancer. It's a can- cancer that doesn't have any cure. Right. Right. And I had to lean on that prayer a lot because me and my brother have been like this since, since you know, we we're kids. Mm-hmm. This is my older brother, my rock, my protector yeah and I, I, I already lost the older brother and my sister lives you know in alabama and so that prayer really really has helped me cope with that you know because whatever it is and and guess what he said it first i had just been saying it but when i heard him said it your brother said that my prayer. brother said that we were sitting there talking and he said that prayer
0: yeah i believe that because yeah, i you, went to treatment with him you He's know right a very spiritual very wise yeah. man
1: Yeah, Yeah. and he said that and it was just like, wow. I, I think that's the first time I really got what that prayer meant. He said it, you know, give me the strength, whatever your will is for me to carry it out. And I was like, whoa. Here this person is just got really bad news.
0: Yeah, he carries it with grace because he didn't, he wasn't open with it at first. Yeah. And I remember, and I was always going to him for all kinds of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I was fighting in the rooms and yeah. I thought I was still banging and all that yeah, stuff. right. So I was talking to him about it and he'd just be so, so calm and he could like really pierce through your soul. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing when you're like able, when you're hurting like that, you find out somebody's hurting like that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but they're still helping.
1: Mm-hmm. His perspective, right? For him to have perspective in such a tough time. Mm-hmm. And so... Without me even knowing, I I realize that I've been using that prayer to stay in that moment and to make it through that. Because once again, there's gonna be peaks and valleys. You know, life doesn't stop because we got clean. But what I get a chance to do is utilize these tools, but also what your sponsors say, allow God to be in it first. Right. Where's God at? Where's God at? You know. Mm -hmm. And so I allow I, I let him in with that. Right. You know, so I think that's a big part of how I'm able to stay in that. How I'm able to make decisions and be okay with my decisions. you know.
0: Right. Stand Mm -hmm. up. Just let God in
1: it. Yeah, let God.
0: Because he'll definitely do it. What what was the hardest part, you think, about your journey? What's the hardest part now?
1: I think it's the hardest part. At first, I think all of us is, you know, quitting drugs. Mm -hmm. They're lying. I love drugs. It's my best friend. I was, I was, I was. Mourning over my loss of drugs for a long time. <laughs> oh man, you get what I'm saying? No, drugs were my best friend. So I was done. You were done. No, I, I but done. if I'm being honest with myself, mm-hmm. I was mourning over losing my. He was there with my brother. That he was there with me on my good time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I have mourned him, right? So that was initially the hardest part. But once the desire was lifted, I think the hardest part can be my relationship. You know, because in order to stay spiritual and and also, um, you know. I have integrity now, right? I know some different shit.
0: That means you don't cheat?
1: I don't cheat at all. You got to realize that, you know, I understand that I was giving bad information from misinformed people, you know what I mean? And my background, no, for real, my background involves a lot of that. You know, I don't like to talk about it, but we come from all that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We got money together, me and mine, you know what I mean? And all that, you know? And so I think letting go of some of them ideologies, I'm going to give you a list of things that are hard, (laughs) right? Letting go of some of those ideologies are hard and being you know, in a spiritual relationship where we pray together and respecting her and allowing her to do her recovery and not have my chauvinist and my ego stuff comes in, it's not always easy. You know what I mean? To coexist with somebody in recovery is, is different. You know what I mean? But it's powerful when it happens. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think life on life terms. You know, life on life terms.
0: Like this situation with your brother.
1: With my brother. Um, I miss my friends, people, yeah, places, I, and things.
0: I was gonna say, cause like, cause I'm young too, I'm mm-hmm. a PYT myself, but no, um, there was a part of me, like I wanted to model, video yeah. vixen, mm-hmm. you know, doing all these things. I wanted to be an actress. I wanted somebody to discover me. Some of that stuff I've let go because it's just really like, it's not in my spirit no more. Mm-hmm. But some things I'm like, man, I wanted to boss up. I wanted to do these things. And some people, you know, that I used to hang out with, they like, oh yeah, girl, just don't, you know, you can have a drink, just don't do no drugs, you know? Right. And and they really mean well for me. And it almost breaks my heart because I know like that part of me is dead and I'm, I'm I'm walking away from it. Like, do you have that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because we really do have to find a new way to live right and we do right that's our message right but I, I miss my friends i miss you know but my disease is tricky it wants to tell me it only wants me to remember the good times
0: right and that's when we play that tape we play way. that tape out right so right. Like i only wanna, fun, are, we don't want to stop partying yeah
1: i don't want i don't want to remember the times where you know where they was laughing at me and i was looking bad you know what i mean or right. you know where they where they co-signed some shit i shouldn't have been doing are they enabled me in my addiction right Mm-hmm. I don't want to remember those times. I just remember the laughs, the good times, which naturally I should. But that's hard for me because we grew up such a tight knit group. And mm-hmm. to know that I can this point in my life, that relationship can never be look like that again. It can develop into something just as strong and beautiful. Right. But it has to be on my terms because I'm the only one in recovery.
0: Right. You know what I'm saying? So that, I yeah. have
1: boundaries that I have to set. So I'm okay. Right. But that's
0: really strong, though, to right. be able to do that. Because, you know, like, because I feel like that. Like, why well, I mm-hmm. got to be the corny one? Why well, I got to be, right. you know, like, because that's how they're looking at me. I don't feel corny because it's right. beautiful. But it's like, I got to be the sober one. Everybody got to watch, you know, what they do. But what I notice is that people struggling out there. And somebody will say something to me like, Mercedes, you, you want to take me to one of the meetings? Right, yeah. And I'm like, well, you just, you just bought a Bentley. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? I thought, right. I thought you, you, you know, and yeah. it happens, like, we are that, that light. You that know. light.
1: But what do they say? It's what? Attraction. It's, a, it's attraction, attraction rather promotion, than promotion, right? right? And I see a lot of that. And it starts off with, oh, man, I I, I don't mean to have this drink around you, right? You know, mm-hmm. they do that. or are like, oh, man, my bad. You know, I got this, you know, or whatever. Man, I'm about to go smoke. They throw little jabs like that. Mm-hmm. But then they start to see the change and the transformation happening in you. And I kid you not.
0: It's attractive.
1: I, I didn't have people reach out to me and it's like all of a sudden those jokes became like, bro, you know, maybe I probably need to go to a meeting. Right. And that's powerful. And I brought in, what, four of my friends in recovery? Yeah. I think, see, two are still clean. Right. Including my brother, you know.
0: Yeah, and see, like we we reaching people. And yeah. that's what this is all and about I anyway.
1: I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go recruit them. I didn't do no outreach. Right, they came to me because they seen the power in what was happening in my life, the attraction part, right? Right, and um, so we get a chance to do that. And what is our last, you know, our last step is to carry the message to the addict who still suffers. Exactly, and sometimes that's just staying clean.
0: And I right. said, following right. the pro, that's what I felt like. Like mm-hmm. I was just holding on for dear life, but people do watch. Cause people starving for positive energy and just like yeah. help, you know? And then when you see somebody like thriving and living life happy, in a world where everybody else is depressed and smoking and drinking to get through it, right? you know, you're like, well, what's so great about what they got going? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'll try that. And that's mm-hmm. what I see. And I'm grateful for people like you because like my whole family is in, but they ain't in recovery. They all done collected a white key tag. You know uh, what hey, I, hey, I, desire,
1: from, yeah, uh, I mean? Hey, that's, hey, only desire. Yeah. I mean, the only requirement starts, is the desire to, desire to stop using. using you know? Right. Yeah. And that's where
0: it starts And you know, like, that that moment of prayer, I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, that we have at the beginning of our meetings. I know that that's for people like us because sometimes people don't have people praying for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and I lost my mom to the disease. Um, but wow. to see my brothers come in and see the people that look like them, like, oh, you know, they from the block or they from this set, that set. But now they ain't living like that mm-hmm. no more. Mm-hmm. Like it gives them permission. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. You know, because I don't really think people really want to do that. You know, there's parts of it that are fun, but all in all, and as you get older and you got kids and they looking at you and and things is happening and you doing R.I.P. shirts after R.I.P. Mm -hmm. shirts, you know what I mean?
1: Well, what it is, it's the consequences of the lifestyle. The consequences. Right. And I think naturally we all want to thrive. Now we're getting a little deep. As human beings, we want to thrive in whatever we choose, whether that's positive or negative. But what starts to happen is when we see somebody else who we're going through the same shit that we were, thriving in a healthy way that we all because even all of us in our addiction when we when we had that one night where we drank too much Mm -hmm. the next day it's like man i probably should stop drinking so much yeah so mind you your mind starts there right with with the ticking time bomb of your mind telling you you should do something better right right but for those who in our culture we go hard Mm -hmm. we party right Mm -hmm. and so when we see somebody who was worse off well other people see somebody who they consider were worse off to them mm-hmm. and they see them thriving in that way that their conscious yeah. is telling them they need to do.
0: Mm-hmm. It's powerful. It's very powerful.
1: It's powerful, right? right. Because you see, once you see one, you see it's possible, but then two, you start getting not jealous, but you start wanting that.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. That's you what know? got me clean. I right. had my best friend. He was like the person I measured myself by, like mm-hmm. if I ever get that bad, I'm getting help. Cause I never thought he would ever get, right. you know, like he would get better or anything. And then he ended up getting treatment. He got two years clean and he was like, best friend, I can't be around you. Yeah. And I was like, and it hurt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, why, why I can't get clean? Everybody else around me getting clean, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so I definitely get that. But you know what I really want to say to you? I really, I really admire you and I appreciate what you do so much you know, and you touch lives. And like I said, I knew about you before I even met you. Cause people love you. Like you're, they're happy that you're around, you know, they believe in mm-hmm. you and that carries on and it makes, then I started like a man, I love them too, you know, and you <laughs> no, never know, you. like even though, you know, things may not be going the way you, you would have ho- hoping they would go like, yeah. God, don't he always got a plan something better than, yeah. you know, we could ever, and I believe in you. I think you could do whatever you want to do. I don't put no limits, you know, no matter what it looked like or don't look like. But right. I think that, you know, what you're doing is very powerful. You got a powerful message. People are watching you. Thank God that you show up for your recovery and you live in integrity. Right. They got something to follow. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, I appreciate that. And I, you know, and I hear people, when I hear I hear you talk to me, you talk about me like that, right? And I have to scratch myself and pinch myself sometimes. Like, is that really uh, the person that I am today? But yeah. I'm happy because... I expect you to say that about me, right? Cuz that's how I live. Right. I'm demanding that the same way I demanded my respect in negative ways, I'm demanding for me to be perceived like that because I walk it like I talk it. Mm-hmm. I'm a man of integrity and I care about other people today. So mm-hmm. that means I don't want to I don't want to hurt people today and I, and and by the grace of God, one of the best things about my recovery is I don't have guilt and shame cuz I had so much. And for me to wake up and not be guilty because I did somebody wrong or not to be ashamed of something that I did, I'm okay. But I think what comes with that is is is, is, is people see that in you and, and hopefully, I'm hoping that they see something in me that um, that they like, of course, but but can't admire and pull strength from. You know what I mean? So when I yeah. when I say that, I demand that, I demand that of myself and I think- Of yourself. Right? You know what I mean? Right. I demand that of myself and I think that's a reflection of how you're perceived. Right, it you lines know? up. But I still have to pinch myself because that's not who I was. Right. right. And and I trip, I trip every day when I wake up and I go have my coffee. I look at my backyard. I look at my house. I look at my wife and I'm like, I did this. Right. Right. <laughs> people, yeah, our lecturer <laughs> right. says that. We're people that <laughs> right. beat all
0: odds. Yeah. All so, odds. Yeah, right.
1: God is good. He gave me a second chance.
0: He did. Okay. So if you had, before we end, I want to know if there's one piece of advice or something that somebody can hold on to that is going through, they either just got clean or they're about to get clean. Like, what would you give them?
1: One, understand that there's a power greater than yourself. I think too many times people don't 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 add that to the equation. You know what I mean?
0: And that's the biggest piece.
1: And, and my thing is, okay, if you don't believe there's a power greater than yourself, wake up in the morning, watch the sunrise, and try to make it go back down. If you can't do that, then it's a power greater than you <laughs> out a there, power right? Than- yeah. So one, find that power greater than yourself, and then two, give yourself a break, like we say, and then. Three, what I always tell people is keep thriving for more because satisfaction satisfaction is the depth of desire. So keep, satisfaction it's is the depth the of desire. desire. So okay, and if
0: anybody wants to find you or um, get like see more of your work, work, can they find
1: you? Well, I work for POIC, which okay. stands for Portland Opportunity Industrialization Center. Mm-hmm. Um, we have six campuses throughout Portland, but you can go to our website, which is www.poic.com. Um, healing hurt people, community care team. I'm at all the crime scenes, I'm at all the shootings, I'm at the hospital, I have my team at all the sporting events, at all the city events. But you can you can find me on Instagram at Third Twin Portland or um on Facebook, my real name, God given Roy Moore. Um, and just hit me up and and, but you'll see me out there because I'm working. You'll see me out in the community. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Well, that is all the time we have. Mm-hmm. And I think the most important thing to remember mm-hmm. is that we got one life to live. Right. And sometimes we're given second chances. And
1: when we, when we are, we got
0: to make the most of them. You definitely did that.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was good. Thanks for
0: coming. I appreciate you. No problem. All right. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Please like, share, subscribe, and visit our website at mercedessecondchance.com.